I want to read some of the lines that we heard together in the first reading. This is God speaking to Israel through the prophet Isaiah. The Lord said to me, you are my servant Israel, through whom I show my glory, and I will make you a light to the nations, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. My dear friends, this scripture passage is being fulfilled in our hearing, in the today of the church, at this time in our local archdiocese. And this is why the Holy Spirit had inspired our dear Archbishop to call a synod. Because what God is revealing to Israel, God is wanting to confirm for us. What is God doing in that first reading? Israel needs to understand their God-given purpose, the reason why God chose them, why they were elected. And God is saying to them, this is not just for you, for your own personal salvation. This is to extend to all the nations around you. And this is why I've chosen you, because I want you to show my glory to the nations around you. I want you to make my holiness present in the world, that you will become like a light, a bright shining light that will get the attention of others and draw them to the Lord that salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. The only life that is worth living is a life where we know our purpose. Remember that book that came out years ago? I think it was called A Purpose-Driven Life. It sold millions of copies. It was a bestseller. Why? People are hungry to know that their life has a purpose beyond the mundane and the superficial, that their life has meaning. Where does that purpose come from? Do we make it up? Do we come up with it ourselves? And of course, the answer is no. God is the only one the one in whom we live and move and have our being. 
He's the only one that can reveal why he made us, why we were baptized, why we have received the spirit of the living God. Notice in the gospel, we see another man who knows his God-given purpose. He says, the reason why the Lord sent me to baptize is so that I could make known Jesus, the Lamb of God, to Israel. What is our purpose? We've heard it in our years of formation probably many times. The church exists, we the body of Christ, in order to bring Christ into the world, in order to bring the world to Christ. And we do it in a similar way. God wants to show his glory in you and in me. He wants his life and holiness in us by the Holy Spirit given to us to be like a light that draws and attracts. Think of the moments in your life experience where you have encountered God's holiness in someone else and it got your attention. It drew you to God. Just a few examples that came to my mind. I'm always moved when I see that genuine gospel love, especially when it's selfless, sacrificial, and very generous. When I witness that in another person, it gets my attention. Another one, how about gospel joy? that beautiful joy that Jesus describes, that joy of knowing we are children of God, infinitely loved, completely forgiven, the joy of knowing who we are. When I see that joy in someone, it makes me realize how much I want it. I'd sure like to have more of it. And then there's that beautiful humility, that Christian virtue of humility. I love this one because I don't have much of it. But when I see this in other people, that humility that says, God is God and I'm not, that humility that defers to others, that puts others before myself, that thinks that others are better than myself, that humility that is selfless in listening, that virtue is so attractive and it draws us to the Lord. One final one is peace. We all would love to have a little more of that but that beautiful peace of the gospel, which is the fruit of an undivided heart, 
the fruit of trustful surrender and acceptance of God's will, confident that God's providential love is going to take care of everything. Peace, peace. We notice it and we're drawn by it. These are examples of how we are called to shine the glory of God. But let's be clear on something else. We must never forget that we have an enemy. The devil is always trying to sabotage what God is doing. And the devil would love to distract us, make us forget our God-given purpose, and even replace it with something else. And here's where I realize, and I'm sure you're with me on this, here's where I realize how much I need the grace of God, the grace that comes with prayer, the grace God gives in the Eucharist, in the pondering of His Word, through the sacrament of confession, because I have seen over my life how easily I can turn anything into an idol. For example, I can turn entertainment into an idol, thinking that my life is mainly about keeping myself entertained, dedicating all my free time to this rather than choosing the better things that will deepen my relationship with God like prayer, contemplation, good deeds, serving others. I found that I can make an idol out of comforts and pleasures. Life reduced to satisfying my appetites and always restless, moody, and irritable when these are unsatisfied. This is why you and I are always going to need fasting and self-denial in our Christian life, that we don't lose touch with those deeper hungers and thirsts for God. I can make an idol out of becoming wealthy in acquiring many things and measuring my worth and identity on what I have, basing my happiness and security on things that are passing away. Do you see how these things which are good in themselves, if they become idols, they can distract us and make us forget our God-given purpose? to make God shine and to lead others to Christ. Just one last example. Do you think sports can become an idol? Of course, I'm just jesting. Of course it can. Even though I hope these guys with the horns on win their game today. But we all know it's, it's okay to enjoy a good game but we can make sports 
an obsession, an idol, and therefore a major distraction where one lives from one season to another, from basketball to baseball to football to checkers, uh, whatever the sport is. With little thought about heaven and completely forgetting our God-given purpose to grow in holiness and draw others to Christ. My dear friends, we are about to receive the one whom John the Baptist pointed out, Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, your sins and mine. Let us ask him to truly take away any sin in our life that is preventing us from shining the glory of God and drawing others to Christ so that God's salvation may truly reach the ends of the earth. Amen.